Welcome to the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Today, you're in for a real treat. We're diving deep into the mental side of the game as our guest, Professor Sports Psych, or Prof for short, an esports mental performance consultant and PhD candidate in counseling, shares his incredible journey as a Rocket League coach and consultant for top teams like the Pioneers and the University of Kansas. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Channel 3, the social network for gamers, and Savage Snacks. Go be happy. Check them out at savagesnacks.co slash bucket and hoosier. Let's dive right in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the Bucket and Hoosier Show. Another Monday night here, just the two of us. Wait, no, hang on. We have somebody joining us tonight. Mr. Prof, uh, former mental coach for KCP and I believe University of Kansas. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, you're shaking your head. Yes. Cool. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, welcome back, everybody. Bucket and Hoosier. I am Hoosier. He is Bucket. And as always, we start with Bucket. How are you doing? Bucket's good, baby. Bucket is... A little behind. I didn't expect time. Can to I creep tell up the story? Liter- literally creep up on me. It's fine with me. I don't so, want to tell it. So I grew up in Arizona and I'm sitting here waiting. And usually Bucket is ahead of me. Like he's usually waiting on me. And I've been sitting here, sitting here. I'm like, where is Bucket? And it dawns on me as someone who grew up in Arizona. And I messaged him and goes, Did you remember that the rest of the United States changed times yesterday? And it took a good like 15 minutes and he responded going, when did that happen? Because if you're lucky enough to, to live in Arizona, you don't have to change time zones ever. It's an amazing thing. And I, that's like the one thing I miss about living in Arizona. It's unbelievably nice to not have to worry about. Time just does its own thing. Day, days and nights start to fade and come as they go. And you don't have to worry about any of it. But when you do things with people, and now almost everyone does, right? Nationally or internationally, you have to go off of a specific time zone. And we always work off of Eastern time. And I know that. But I didn't even look to see what time it is in Eastern time. Because I always know. It's two hours away. Or now, it's three hours away. Yeah, we so, went through the winter where it was like, oh, hey, we're back on two hours. Like, oh, that's nice. And I didn't even think, my wife and I, we got through half the day yesterday. We didn't even realize it because we only have our stove and our microwave clocks are the only two that don't auto change. So it took through a good amount of the day before I like, I got myself confused. Like I thought I went through two time warps looking at like, oh, it's noon over here. This is 11. Um, but yeah, so that was a fun thing to wake up to yesterday. Uh, first and foremost, everybody saying in the chat, yes, we have gotten a makeover done. Uh, Bucket and Hoosier no longer Hoosier just come or Bucket also coming up with just random things to put on the screen. We went and got some things done. Bucket did a lot of work this past week and it looks fantastic. We hope you all are enjoying it and we hope it makes us look a little better. Um, but yeah, also what you you have it all set and ready to go right for audio is it it's happening this week right 
It's happening this week. So we've been asked for a long time, hey, I'd love to watch your show or listen to your show in the car, on the move, not live, because we have things going on. We have families. We have lives. We want to play video games. And this time is not ideal for me once a week. Well, guess what, folks? Bucket went out and did all the things, built a checklist. Hoosier and Bucket have been really working hard behind the scenes to enhance this thing. We've been doing this now for over a year, if you can believe it. And yeah. it just kind of started out, if you remember, just me and him talking. And we decided, let's start live streaming on one of our channels. Then we built a channel. Then we started getting socials. Then we started talking to you guys about what we wanted to do. We started doing interviews, started doing weekly shows. And we were super consistent. So now we're putting time, energy, and money into production and we're going to get videos going and now i've got a website coming out this week that's going to have an rss feed that's going to send it over to your favorite place to get podcasts i'm going to start out on spotify for sure and then try to move it over to apple and google after that but this week spotify for sure this is going to be our first uh, guinea pig production for that so i'll send out links in some of our you know channel 3gg um some of the discords that we're in facebook groups all that so everyone can go check it out and get it at your leisure rather than having to tune into the show or go to twitch and listen to it so long-winded answer but yes it is exciting times and it's only march we got nine more months of new things coming out the rest S of this year so many new things coming out and Bucket has done so much good work the past couple of weeks. Very appreciative of it, buddy. Um, but yeah, so look for that stuff coming out. We will keep you guys updated in the Discord, social media, wherever we can reach you, and always here on Mondays. First question in the chat, uh, Papa Rizzo. Hoosier, that hat looks, looks like it might be your favorite, a little abused. So before we get into the interview, fun, quick little story. So this hat, this is my hat that I wore every flight in my deployment in Afghanistan. So for seven months flying, I think I did like 800 and was it like 860 flight hours over seven months? Uh, yeah, this hat was on my head every flight. So yes, it 100% is my favorite. Um, and reminds me of some, some good times and some bad times. So it's a good one to have around. Um, Coach Jaysu asking, where where can I buy me some Bucket and Hoosier merch? That is the next thing on the checklist. This was a prototype that my wife very nicely did for me. Bucket didn't even know about it until about right. 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, what she How was supposed to see it though? here, uh, but that didn't work out. So... Yes, that is in the works too. So we are working on all that stuff. But without further ado, what we do really well in here is we have good conversations with people in the Rocket League community. And tonight, uh, Bucket, you linked up with Prof on Twitter. He is the former mental coach of KCP and University of Can Kansas. And remind me if I'm wrong, he's in the progress of getting his PhD. Is that what you saw on there? Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I did. <laughs> uh, when we'll bring him on here in a second to talk about all his credentials, but if you look on all his socials, we'll spit all that out later too. He's, I think, got a master's or worked towards that at a at a school and maybe on his way to a PhD. But let's let's ask him about those things because let's ask. I him. 
have talked to him very briefly, and I'm excited to get him out here and just have the conversation. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's Mr. Prof. Prof, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing great. I uh, just put the uh, helped get the kid put to bed, and uh, I got a nice little um, love mark from him. A little, little spit up on the shirt to, to remind everyone. Um, so yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm loving it. That's right. You're a first, first kid. Congratulations. Welcome to the dad club. This is a community of dads. Um, (laughs) how old? He is, uh, two and a half months, two and a half months. Oh Uh, man. Almost, almost three months, almost three months. Yep. Wait, hang on. Almost three months. And you just told us that you've already gotten an eight hour night of come straight through sleep. Yeah, last That's night awesome. was the first. Last last night was the first, so it could be a bit of a fluke. But uh, previously, our record was like six hours, and last night we made it past eight for the first time. Which credit to my wife; she's been going crazy on the sleep scheduling and um, trying to make sure that he's awake and active. So that way, when he goes to bed, he's just like absolutely zonked, and it worked. It's it's been working. That's amazing. Um, well, hopefully that trend continues, but so we touched on a little bit in the intro. You're the former, former mental coach of KC pioneers and university of Kansas. What else can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, I, uh, I am the current, uh, coach for, um, KU. So, um, have three rosters there. Um, and then I've been doing consultant work with different orgs, um, I haven't signed like an official NDA with them, but I should probably leave them leave them alone for now, just just oh, in case, right. <laughs> uh, just in case it's expected. But um, I uh, yeah, I I work in Rocket League primarily, um, but I also work with um, Super Smash Bros. players, with Halo players, with Apex players, with Valorant players. Wow. Um, and yeah, I love I love all things esports, and I'm very like attracted to esports because of what it looks like in the world of sports psychology as a whole. Um, but yeah, sports psych is how I got into this kind of space and rocket league is just one of those games. It's like, it's so mental, um, that it's just endlessly fun to do. It's uh, it's crazy fast paced. So I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. There's so much to unpack there from how you got into the game itself. So I think that's a good yeah. place to start at. Like you go from all right, sports psychology to esports and then to Rocket League, or you found yeah. this game and you a love for it. Like what was the connection? Um okay, so oh first off, hi Paparizzo. Big love. Oh yeah, he he Big hangs love. out here too. <laughs> Paparizzo is one of the land goats. Uh I I yeah he got don't me drunk. how many yeah, I don't know how many beers he's bought me at Lands, so I'm See? glad that you're, yeah. See, like, it wasn't me, Poppy. He tries to blame me that night at Worlds, but I told him it was all on him. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the vibes that Papa Rizzo brings are always immaculate. Um, yeah, so crazy, crazy journey. Um, I... I always tell people like I'm a free to play player in terms of rocket league. And so 
within 15 months, I downloaded the game for the first time and found myself coaching on an international stage against the would-be uh, world champions and took them to game five and a one goal overtime loss reverse sweep. So uh, yeah, pretty crazy fun story. Um, we ended up beating them the next major, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so um, that was kind of like my my super, super fast journey in a nutshell. But uh, yeah, sports psych, I went to get my master's from the University of Denver. Um, and when I was there, um, learned about kind of like the pillars of performance. Um, there are four of them. There's technical, tactical, physical, and mental. And those four pillars are pretty even in across most domains. But uh, in the world of esports, you kind of don't have the crutch of, of like the physical because everyone has access to the same buttons for the most part. Um, and so it basically just puts a lot more pressure on the mental um, where it could be anybody's day and anybody's game um, so long as they kind of have like the same mechanical and tactical uh, like prowess as the other teams. Um, and we see that happen all the time in Rocket League and especially in Rocket League uh, where everyone is just so closely, um, you know, so, so so close on like the other ladders of technical and, and tactical and stuff like that. So uh, that was kind of my draw to esports, but um, I didn't get involved in that except for just like a, a one-off with a Fortnite duo that... Um, was attempting to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, and that was like my first kind of foray into the world of sports psych within esports. Um, got into a counseling uh, psych degree um, for my doctorate. And I was just kind of poking around and saw that this one org that I followed, because um, I liked video games, uh, got a new executive um, like person in their org who was also like an executive at University of Kansas. And I was like, if I send that guy an email, he'll get a push notification. Like, like he'll see, he'll see that like someone emailed him about sports psych and he was the previous executive director at the uh, Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets. So I was like, he'll know about sports psych. So I literally just sent him a cold email one day and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm, a graduate of a master's program in sports psychology, currently earning my doctorate at KU. Um, I've worked with MLS academies. I've worked with uh, like a lot of like really high level, um, like pro-am golfers, like all this stuff and kind of just gave him my resume in like a quick email. And he messaged me back in 20 minutes and he was like, hey, uh, I used to work in the MLB, so I'm super familiar with sports psych. Um, I'd love to have you. And two weeks from the day that I sent that email, I had a job at KCP. Wow. Yep. Quite that's a journey. Huh? Yeah, that's a yeah. huge journey. Um, <laughs> so unpacking it from the start. Um, wow. So you end up with KCP and you found yourself I should even I should even like unpack that just a little bit because yeah. the so this guy, um uh David Hayab, he took it to Pioneers and they were like, Oh, that's so funny because one of our Rocket League players who we just brought on a new roster is asking for a sports psychologist that person was Cronovi 
And so my first really? day on the job, yep. Uh, I think I got his signature right there. There it is. Um, yeah. yeah uh, my first day on the job, I got to meet the first ever world champion of Rocket League. And what's even weirder is that, like, back in 2016, when Rocket League had just come out, the only exposure that I'd had to Rocket League at that point in time, the thing that got me kind of like looking at Rocket League, especially come like season six, um, when Cloud Nine won, um, the only exposure that I'd ever had to Rocket League was Cronovi's 1v1 versus Gambit, which is like super, super old school. And so I knew who this guy was the whole time. but I had no idea that I was going to be put onto a Rocket League team. I had no idea that it was going to be Cronovi. And I had just downloaded Rocket League like six months prior to that. And then, <laughs> yeah. And, and then by that following March, I was coaching in L.A. for, uh, for Pioneers. Yep. That's nuts. All right, so hang on. Let, let's unpack that. So you get brought on onto Casey Pioneers. Hey, this guy's yep. asking for uh, a mental coach. Cool. You, you end up finding out that it's Cronovi. What's your first reaction with that? You got to play it cool. I mean, right. um, you, the, like the, the reality of my job is that like I'm there to help whoever is put in front of me, whoever puts themselves in front of me. Um, so as interesting as it was, besides a text to like one of my best friends who I knew played Rocket League, um, Aside from that, it was really just like go in and do the job. Like you know, you have you have not very many interactions with people to convince them that you are the real deal. And um, the first thing that I always ask people is like, have you worked with a mental coach before? And um, Kernobi had, and I was like, okay, like I can already promise you that this is going to be different um, based off of like kind of like what you've told me. I'm not just gonna be like telling you that you need to sleep at these times and telling you that you need to like eat at this time. And I'm not going to talk to you about motivation. You're a professional Rocket League player. You've got all the motivation in the world. You're getting, you're earning a paycheck. Um, right. So uh, like, you know, skip, skipped a lot of like the super basic um, like sports psych and old school sports psych stuff and just got right to it. Um, Cause that's how you only have like a couple first impressions um, with somebody and when you're in my shoes like it usually comes a bit jaded already so yeah 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 that's pretty wild and same thing i mean he's like the ogest of ogs when it comes to rocket league and yeah. what was he calling himself the mountain at one point yeah everyone had to hurdle over and obviously since then things have been but that's that's the beauty of what you're doing too right like there's Every single person who steps onto a pitch in this game or in sports in general has what those four things that you talked about, technical, tactical, physical, mental um, hurdles to get over. And this mental side is sometimes that weakest muscle. So yeah, exactly in where you start at Beautiful with an individual said. or a team is important because they are at different levels yeah. depending on, on themselves. So how do you decide that? Comes to the like where, intake. Where to start? Yeah, it comes. It comes to the intake for sure. Um, and an intake is done with anybody. If if you've ever gone to therapy, um, or if you are a therapist or counselor, uh, you know that like an intake form is really like the starting grounds. And 
I always tell people, um, you know, typical sessions are going to be you asking a lot of questions and insight and me you know, kind of reflecting on the questions, um, us talking about them. This is not this first session. The first session I'm going to be asking you like a million questions so that I can get the full picture and idea. Um, you want to get as full of a lay of the land as you can before you step foot, uh, even in any direction. Um, the difference here was that I had worked with professional athletes before. So um, if you look at like a lot of kind of like what I would call traditional sports psych, so much of it surrounds things that just aren't a thing at the professional level. So I've already talked about motivation. Um, I've already talked about like, like well-being, like, like physical well-being. Um, I've, I'm sure you've heard of things like, like goal setting, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's still goal setting to a certain extent. Like that's, that's always going to be something that you cover in a sports psych session, but this is the pros. Like they, their goals are so much different. Their motivations are so much different. Um, and ultimately, everyone is looking for that 1% edge that they can gain on the pitch. Me talking about your motivation to play, me talking about like these overarching goals, it's, it's not applicable in the here and now. And professionals, especially esports players, need that info quick. So we're talking team dynamics. We're talking handling pressure. We are talking um, focus and concentration and at the micro, meso, macro, and meta levels. We're talking um, reactions um, and and like having like a blank slate brain is something that I talk about a lot. Ooh, and yeah. ultimately what everyone wants is consistency and the ability to achieve flow so many players don't feel like they can even win a series if they don't hit flow. And if they feel that, you know, I work that out with them, but the next is I'm, I'm a flow guy. My, my doctorate research is on flow. My, my master's thesis is on the utilization of emotions to create better performance. Like these are the things that players want. Like they want the here, the now, and they don't care about a lot of like, they don't, they don't care about like imagery. They don't care about like breath work. Like th and just, those aren't just things I would go towards when working with a professional. So well, yeah, it's different right from the start. I mean, I could, I could definitely see that, see that. I mean, if anybody who has studied like a, like a Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan's whole thing was, I'm going to find a reason to like, think that you slided me. And yeah, that's yeah, where he would find his shoulder. motivation yeah. to go and I'm I'm just I'm gonna demolish you because you you pissed me off. You said something bad about right. me in the paper. He would go and find something. Um yep. we've we've kinda have talked over the last year on and off about how it's definitely interesting watching any take like a Daniel, right? Daniel's fifteen and he's like he's still learning where and we don't know his background, like has he played a lot of um, a lot of traditional sports has he had that exposure or are we dealing with a, a lot of yeah. uh, individuals right now who this is their first exposure to really anything competitive and all they're yep. going up hearing right now all they're coming up hearing is like you're just so you're, you're so good you're so good and then now yep. they're really meeting those people face to face and then it's like oh all right well how do I win here yeah yeah 
Definitely. Like, so, I don't know. What what have you found? I mean, so how long were you with KCP? I was with KCP for um, almost two years. Almost two years. Okay. Yep. What was, yep. like, the biggest thing that you saw? I know everybody. A year and a half. Months to the day. I just checked. Eighteen months to the day. Okay. Um yep. I know everybody is different individually, but over your time and seeing and being really involved in the Rocket League scene, like what's a big trend that you've seen from your time? Like what are what are players like asking for from me? Yes, like what are what's something that they're asking for, or is there something that you've noticed that they're not asking for? Oh yeah. Well, so I will say one of the biggest things that I've seen in the players that I work with is that they oftentimes have a lot better um, practices a lot like they're getting a lot more quality out of their practices one thing that you see when you join right away is like these kids are jumping on the game and they think just like we're just gonna hop into some threes and like against this other team and we'll play our hour-long time chunk and then we sign off and that was our day of work. And one of the first things that players understand with me is it's like, no, like this, this is your job. You're getting paid thousands of dollars a month. And like, I don't care about your time past two. I care about the time that you spend with your teammates getting better together on specific things that you guys communicate about. So getting more out of practices than just showing up to your scrims and you scrim for an hour and then you might talk about it uh, or you scrim for an hour and then they're like, all right, time for dinner. Got it. Got to go. Um, hopefully our coach will watch some VOD review over the team that we play in the first round, you know, in the next four days. And then they get to the tournament and then they play that one team. <laughs> and then like their next team, they have no notes over because it's a Swiss format. And it's like, no, like, like with me, you're never going to just show up and just play. Like you're not going to, um, you're not going to just like get on for two hours a day, work 60 hours a month at the absolute max and walk away, not getting like any better. So quality time is really important. So meeting with teams before scrims start, um, talking about specific goals, um, and then meeting with each of the players individually and, um, kind of like hearing what they have for themselves, uh, that they're trying to work on and oftentimes getting what they feel their teammates are contributing. Um, you'd be amazed how much better a team gets when everyone understands what the others are expecting of them on the field. And those things are oftentimes not said, not even talked about until I work with a team. There's, there's so much too that is involved from what I can tell here. So I'm kind of curious, like how much of your job is proactive versus reactive. It seems like you have some things that you know going in, you're going to be working on these guys with or this team with. And some of it is, I saw this, let me unpack this for you and let's work on that. Like what, where would you What's say that, that ratio? And, yeah, sure. yeah, I'd say like 25% of it is proactive and 75% of it is reactive. Um, the proactive stuff is really just kind of like setting up canvases for them to draw on in a session. So um, understanding what they feel they're like 
biggest like their major strengths are their weaknesses are in their game um i don't come into a session going i bet he's going to say this so i'm going to prep this thing like my my thousands of hours of experience are what allow me that when i set up the canvas they can paint on that canvas any of the pictures with any of the colors and i'm able to then sort that out with them um that's that's why you want someone with experience but a lot of it is reactive like like so many of the times that i meet with teams on a team session or players in a in an individual session like they're oftentimes talking about the most recent performance like they they want to talk about the scrims that just happened yesterday they want to talk about the result that happened over the weekend um and kind of like what fell apart or what went perfectly right um and so a lot of my job is reactive in the way that like they're bringing in the material and i'm helping them sort through it so that they can walk away from that session being like thank God I don't have to dwell on this one thing anymore. Thank God. Like I'm addressing this thing. That's really been, you know, just like really, really getting at me, you know, for my own internal confidence, or I'm glad that prof knows that this person is really pissing me off every time they double commit with, you know, <laughs> this person in this situation, like, like it, it's those types of things that you'll get out of a session. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the framework that I come in with, um, I would say that oftentimes I, when, like when I'm writing my notes, it usually falls under um, like consistency is the big one for mm -hmm. internal. So confidence is like an aspect of consistency uh, and you can break each of those things down. So an aspect of confidence is courage. So like the ability to just go, like if you want to have confidence, like you can't just like be confident, like you have to be courageous if you're going to be confident. So like breaking up like consistency into a bunch of different things. Um, and then if they really want like some aspect of consistency, then breaking that into little things for them to do. Um, so consistency comes up all the time and then, yeah, handling pressure and then managing team dynamics are the, are the biggest ones. Um, yeah. So you touched on the, like the team dynamics there. Um, I've always kind of wondered if, a lot of these players that are coming in, I mean, they don't have a lot of life experience. And yeah. so how much of that have you seen plays into a major factor with the team? Because like you talk about yeah. being confident, right? So if I'm going to go to a teammate and like, just be, be able to be confident in what I'm saying and know that I'm right. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of the players that they're, it's not their thing. They, they haven't been in this situation yet. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what the entirety of the Pioneers roster was um, in March, which was just like they had never been to any live event for Rocket League and they were stepping on to a foreign country for the first time playing to play Rocket League oh in front God, of yeah. any amount of people for the first time with each other in person for the first time. Yeah, how'd you prep them for that? I didn't even think about yeah. all of that. Like, that's a huge, yeah. like, mind game. Just pieces, man. Everything everything that you do can be broken down into pieces. And coming in with, like, an overarching goal means, oh. yeah, it, it, coming in with an overarching goal means, like, there are smaller actionable things that you can do to make that goal. So, 
meeting with the team and just having them express to one another what they expected out of LA in March was so big. Like, cause everyone just goes in thinking like, well, we're going to play rocket league. And it's like, okay, right. but like, do we think we're going to get a certain place? Do we think we're going to make it out of groups? Do we think we'll be able to be, nobody's talking about any of those things, especially not these 15 year olds at the time, one 16 year old and two 15 year olds. They're like at this point, like they have no idea what to expect other than just like my whole life. I just show up where I'm told to show up and I do the thing that I was told <laughs> to do. Right. Like, that's it. So it came with conversations and getting them prepped for what that mindset was going to be going into um, the tournament and what the mindset from that was going to be to dictate like what we do for each game for our group. Um and just breaking it down piece by piece by piece. And ultimately after you, you start big and then you kind of like work your way down to those small actionable goals, um, you work your way back up again to refine all the big goals that you put ahead of time. So at first it was like, we're going to go and we're going to make it out of groups. And it's like, okay, so like, what does that entail? Like, what do we need to do to make it out of groups? Well, we're going to have to win some games. Okay. So like, when we look at our group, who does it look like we could, we could be, you know, and just like all of those things kind of like are, are parts of those puzzle pieces and you get all the way down to like the smallest, smallest actual pieces. And then you go back up the ladder again. And that overarching goal ended up completely changing to, we just want to experience what it's like to play rocket league internationally for the first time. And that was it. Yeah. That was perfect. the whole goal for them. They were like, we've never done any of this stuff. And a lot of this is like me, like, you know, they'd say something like, okay, but like, that's going to come with a lot of mental baggage. That's going to come with a lot of surprise for you. Like, like this, this is not the same as far as anything has like been. So, you know, they, they weigh that, they leverage that. And then they go, okay, maybe we change the goal. That was like leading <laughs> that led to this conversation. Like maybe we... Maybe we make it a bit easier on ourselves. Maybe we just go and enjoy In and Out Burger and see what the hype's all about. And genuinely, that was talked about. Like that Heck exact yeah. thing was talked about because then you're like, okay, so we've changed the overall goal. We want to just experience what it's like to play at an international major for the first time. So, what are the things that we haven't talked about? And I'm not even kidding you. The first thing that was brought up was American food. What, <laughs> what are we going to do for American food? I was like, all right, let's get a food itinerary. And like this stuff might not seem like it's sports psych anymore, but like you don't understand how much the entire experience allowed them to play the best Rocket League that they'd ever played before. And they did. Um, like I said, we, we almost we, – we were literally an overtime goal away from reverse sweeping BDS – to make it to top eight, like literally a goal away. So right. like, they're, they're definitely like, and, and we continued to work our way up from there because then what that did was lay the groundwork for the next major in London. It was like, we're not here to experience anymore. Like that's, that's not what we're here for. We're, we're here to do some genuine damage. And we did, we qualified for worlds by beating BDS and uh, that, that all came because we knew collectively where our heads needed to be. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of talk that Stax had, uh, brought up in like an interview it was like, so rumor has it that pioneers coaches didn't tell 
the boys that they had to beat BDS to make worlds. And it was like, we didn't talk about that because that wasn't the goal. Like the goal wasn't right. to make worlds. The goal was to beat the teams that were put in front of us. And when we didn't do it against space station, we said, well, then we better freaking do it against these dudes. And these dudes just happened to be monkey moon extra and Seiko. And then we did. Right. No, it, it makes so much sense. And I think like the biggest thing you're touching on there and what I have kind of realized listen to some other people talk in the industry, i.e. Uh, I think one was Johnny boy of like, you want your people that are there doing that performing at their best. What's a way that people can perform at their best. They're not worried about the little things. Like yep. you, you get that stuff taken care of. I know. I think I heard one story from Johnny boy. I think it was out there in LA. He was in his hotel room and he was like, the only way I could get water was doing Uber eats from McDonald's in my brain. I've done a lot of traveling in my time. Uh, over the last 13 years in the Air Force. And I, I just go to, I'm like, you don't, like, I, hire me. I'll go, I'll go take care of all that. Like, this guy should have a, yeah, a, yeah. a thing of water, a case of water in his room and says, here you go with a fridge in it. Cause we know <laughs> CJ, CJ finally fixed right. that for everybody. So, right. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's wild. I mean, yeah, you, you got, don't, you don't want to worry about the big things either, though. That's the thing. Like, you don't want to worry about the little things, but like, you don't want to worry about the big things, the things that are too big to like, just like, chew all in one bite like mm -hmm. like you like i said people were like did you guys tell them that they had to beat bds to qualify for worlds no nor did they ask like they didn't ask what they had to do to get to worlds we didn't care what we had to do for worlds because it was too big of a thing like like it's it's way too big and it comes with too much pressure if you're thinking about like i really want to get top four and you haven't even gotten out of the groups you're not, you're thinking too big. You're putting way higher pressure than you need to. The relevant things is how do we beat this team right now for this one goal? Like, like not, not this game, not this series. How do we put the ball in the back of the net right now? Right. And that was always the goal for the boys. Like they, like they, they were ready to beat BDS because BDS was just the next team up and we were ready to beat BDS because we were ready to come out really hot. And we did. And that was, that was it. Like you just want, you don't want them to focus about the big stuff. You certainly don't want them worrying about the small stuff. You want to keep their focus right there centered on exactly what it is you need to do. And that's what I, that's what I do. For right in the players. sweet spot. Yep. Ooh, that's how you that's, achieve flow. That's the, the key, the word that I think we're going to keep coming back to that you probably uh, finesse into your vocabulary with these kids all the time is flow. I mean, that's the thing, and I just said it again. These guys, these athletes, they're kids, right? In all actuality, they are expected to perform like they're adults. Uh, they have contracts. They have things they have to be, places they have to be, things they have to do. And you just touch on that. They shouldn't have to worry about all that. They should have to worry about, in, in traditional sports, I always have metaphors, the bat they're in or the shot they're about to take yep. or whatever the case is that they already have that experience for. It's why you bought them. It's why they're on yep. your team, why all of this happens. And that sounds like that's the job you're trying to do is get them into that headspace where they can flow with the game, right? Exactly. Like that's it. That's exactly. the, like thing you're trying to do so yep. i think one of the things that i have a question about regarding that is the the digital age of of the teams and how they can be so spread apart have you been dealing with that i mean with i'm i'd coach a 9u baseball team my kids on 
And uh, we're going to have, we came up with this idea, a preseason party because postseason parties that we typically have, <laughs> the kids have so much fun. They have a blast. All the yeah. parents get together and they're all just loose and we all get to know each other. And it's like we build this community, yep. but we did it too late. We need to do that ahead of time. So we're going to do that this weekend before the season starts and Brilliant. see if the, the players come out and work for each other now because they've, they got to know each other before the season started. Do you guys do stuff like that, try to get people together? Is there like headspace in that uh, philosophy? Absolutely. I mean, whether it's meeting people in person for the first time and not having anything drawn up for your first day with them um, or meeting them, like even if it's online, meeting them on a non-performance day, like those are all really, really, really important. Um, the biggest, like the, the biggest principle that a player has to have with me in order for my work to work with them is trust. They're about to get incredibly vulnerable with me because they're about to share things that they've maybe not even told they, they they might not have even said like with their vocal cords and mouth before like like they're going to be sharing inner thoughts that about their own game inner thoughts about their teammates's game inner thoughts about the world of rocket league and the scene as a whole that they probably haven't shared before um and this goes with every game obviously but uh we're, we're a rocket league podcast but um yeah yeah uh you you have to develop trust and and certainly respect too um but yeah that trust is not going to be gained by me coming in and being like all right my name's prof uh this is what we're doing today like people are like whoa 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 <laughs> whoa whoa who the like, fuck is that guy yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so i mean at now at this stage like because i've met so many players and because like my name has been thrown around in good circles like i i don't have to explain who i am as much anymore but what if you respect me that doesn't mean that you necessarily trust me and mm -hmm. yeah. i need you to trust me if we're going to do genuine work yeah that would make a lot yeah, that I hadn't thought of it in that way. Like you could have the utmost respect for a person. Doesn't mean you're necessarily going to trust him with that many thoughts or how you're right. truly feeling. So, um, yep. so you said like before the first step that you do is you're going to ask them a bunch of questions because you're wanting them to be, you know, very truthful with you. So from yep. that aspect and what, what you just talked about, you need that trust how do you gauge whether they're to that point that they do trust you or not? Oftentimes it comes with us finding similar things outside of the outside of rocket league or, um, just like genuinely talking with people about whatever. I mean, well, we've been on the podcast, like we've been in the same voice chat for just over 30 minutes, a little like under an hour. 40, yeah. 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 So, like in that time, have we talked about enough stuff that would make it so that you feel like? Oh, feel like hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on! I'm I'm not ready to be. I, wait, I'm gonna put my hands on. I'm, don't, you don't, don't want to get me. in this guy's head. <laughs> but the answer but is yes. probably the the answer I've, the answer is probably no. Not because yeah, we, true. We've focused a lot of our conversation about one specific thing, and that is Rocket League. So you you have you have probably come to a spot where you respect me, but 
trusting me means that we need to like find out a lot more about each other than what we think about time zones and what we think about Rocket League. So a lot of that just comes like from me having to know a little bit about damn near everything. Right. When I was working, I'll give an example. When I was working with Astral, Astral loves two things in his life. One is Rocket League. The other is Formula One. Ooh, that, guess that's another who one I pulled like. Up, guess who pulled up the Formula One qualifier race, paid the four ninety nine for it right there without hesitation to make sure that I had the same thing on my second monitor that he had on his second monitor. It was me. Yeah, I, I immediately bought it. Like, th- those are the things you have to be willing to do and ready to do is like, understanding how to connect with people you have to you have to build a bridge and you can't build a bridge with just like one plank like you gotta you gotta put a lot of planks down for you to trust that bridge so yeah that's 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 how i build that trust all right a so lot you, of did you watch formula one before that yeah yeah i i have to know a little bit about everything so, okay, so i watched who's formula your one drive to survive Checo, yeah, ah, that's Checo's a good choice. Checo's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, and also he's one of the few Western Hemisphere drivers. That's um, very true. So yeah, Checo, yeah, that's a good choice. But yeah, yeah that does make sense. Like you, you kind of have to you you always have to kind of dabble in. You really have to come up with like what's going on in the world because you don't yeah. know who you're gonna come across. Very much so. Very much so. Six sixteen-year-old Australians are into <laughs> very different things than twenty-two-year-old Belgians, and very different things than twenty-nine-year-old Americans. But I need to know a lot about a lot, or at least a little about a lot, and that's the only way that you can throw multiple boards down. Like I said, you're building a bridge. Like you want to walk across a bridge that you can trust. Like you you don't you don't want to throw one really sturdy tree across that divide like you might respect that tree but do you trust one tree to walk across maybe not no on a rainy so, day yeah. you're going to slip and you're going to hurt exactly, yourself real exactly. bad so so yeah you want to you want to put a lot of a lot of boards down that's how you that's how you get them to a place of trust yep. yeah it's, it sounds like you're really getting these these kids these athletes into a place that they need to be are the orgs kind of falling in line are you are you kind of paving the way for more people like you to come into the scene and org saying like man these four pillars we really got to put some time into this stuff yeah or were there other people before you what's the scene like that you're in who are your peers and do you do you have any i mean i don't even know anybody else that's, that's- doing this. That's a yeah. brilliant question and one that I wish I was asked more. Um, I like to think that I really am paving the way, but I haven't put the focus into paving the way yet because right now I have to be mindful. And what I mean by mindful is paying attention to the relevant thing at the relevant time. And right now I need to watch out for me and mine. Like I just had a kid. I married, I moved across country, uh, like, like there, there are things in my life that I have to give attention to. Um, so I think I'm paving the way for a small niche group of people that want to do performance psych with Rocket League players predominantly. 
in terms of what the orgs see and understand, they they for the most part just ask their players, "Do you like this guy? Does he seem to know what he's doing?" And which is kind I of a messed up question because what how uh, d not right. to not not to discredit the person that you're talking to, but how do how do they know? <laughs> it's it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's something that I came into the space understanding was that like, no one has really done what I do to the level that I do it yet. I would say like LBP for renegades was maybe like one of the only mental coaches in this space. Um, there's also Abbott um, from uh, Endpoint. He is a dude that I would say like knows what he's doing. In terms of like the depth that I get into though and the experience that I bring, you ask Bucket, do you have peers? I genuinely think the answer is no. Um, there are there are some that. Um, may work in different titles that I would consider a peer. Um, there's, there's a great uh, G2 just hired um, a mental coach for uh, predominantly their League of Legends team and I believe their Counter-Strike team. Um, but uh, he, he is a guy that I would consider a peer. Um, Evil Geniuses has a gamer doc. She has she like comes from like the medical field and I think understands what she's doing for her players. Could she do the work that I'm doing? No, but she doesn't have like, in terms of like the people that have the level of academic experience, the level of applied experience and the level of knowledge within rocket league in particular, do I have peers? The answer is no. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not me being like, like, I'm I'm like this guy like it's just like there there are ways that you that you could ask all the people that I mentioned like do they have peers and if they were to say no I'd be like yeah probably probably not yeah um, you bet you mentioned the LBP guy and I I went and looked him up and his Wikipedia says also an exercise coach right or an exercise he, scientist so yes. he does a little bit of physical things probably like right let's get you stretching let's get you do whatever the case same is same way that Abbott comes to it. Yep. And I, I went and got my master's in sport and performance psychology. So I was working strictly on the mental pillar with, like I said, like MLS Academy teams, pro-am golfers, um, high risk, like military um, personnel, uh, firefighters um, and first responders, like uh, wrestlers, basketball players, dance crews, like all of that stuff. Like it's just it's a bit different when you're working on that mental pillar exclusively. Like my, my, my two advisors, my two faculty members were one, the sports psychologist for the Denver Broncos and Denver Nuggets, Jesus. Mark Ayagi, and two, the head of mental performance for the entirety of United States Olympics, Dr. Jess Bartley. That's those, those were my two, like literally like like my faculty members that I was in their office every day. And there's just not a lot of like programs academically and not a lot of like chance for you to get into those 
buildings even. And for those that do, they're often going back into traditional sports. I'm the only one from that program who's ever gone into the esports world. So, I mean, you're so you're you're sharing, like you said, these faculty members, like you're sharing an office with them. How yeah. how much in talking between you three are you seeing a lot of similarities from esports to traditional sports? The similarities stop pretty fast because of the language. Language is what like drives all of us and we can only like comprehend as much as we can understand. Um, and that comes really like with the language. So, so like flip was, resets, things like that. Great example. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's even like, just like, uh, like esports talks, like trying to explain to Jess Bartley, some of the stuff that I was doing with the halo team and the rocket league team when I was with pioneers, like she stopped me within like 15 minutes and she was like, I don't know half the words you're saying, and I can already tell that you're more of an expert in this field than I am. And it's like, I'm hearing that from the head of mental performance for the entirety of the United States Olympic team. Like, right. it's very, it, it, it ends pretty quick um, in terms of like the similarities. And that's because the language breaks off so fast. Um, but there, there are obviously a lot of similarities in the work that I do and the way that I set it up. But, um, Traditional sports, I mean, that physical side, like you could even view that as a as a sort of crutch. Like LeBron James has a really bad mental day. Say he's going through grief because um, an animal of his died. Uh, he got a speeding ticket on his way to the arena and he laces up. He's still LeBron James because it doesn't matter how out of his head, to an extent, how out of his head he's going to be. He's still stronger than all the fast guys and faster than all the strong guys and is going to get buckets like like that you could say the physical pillar is a sort of crutch to the mental pillar and you don't have that in gaming there's no crutch to help you everyone has access to the same buttons you're not faster than anybody in apex you're not faster than anybody in in rocket league outside of like micro mechanics like recoveries and stuff like that like we're all pressing the same buttons. It's who it's who came today ready to win. And that's why a sports psychologist in the world of esports can be so dangerous, can be so much more powerful because you don't have that mental crutch. Or that physical crutch. Sorry, you don't have that right. physical crutch. It's, yeah. it, it, is, it, it is all mental. And yeah. I guess I look, I, I try to think about like, if I'm trying to get in the head of a, uh, of a 16 year old who's going to go play rocket league today. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just trying, I get, I get, you're just, you're just trying to keep all that extra noise that out of their head at, at that point. Right. Like th that's the main yeah. goal. Yeah. I mean, I work. So I remember I have three rosters for uh CRL mm -hmm. um, and uh, they, they work on completely different things. I mean, this is a hobby for a lot of these guys. So like the stuff that we talk about is like, fo like levels of focus. Like what, what do you have going on in school today? That's what do you have going on in your social life today? What do you have going on in, in money life today that like might be kind of detracting from your ability to like zoom in and play your best rocket league. So like, like some of those things are, 
are the things that are talked about. Motivation comes back into hi doggo. Um, motivation comes back into play um, for for those players a lot more because they're not earning a paycheck. Like they're taking time out of their social life and studying time and ability to make money to come and play Rocket League. So are most um, of them yeah. not on scholarship? No, no, they're not. Oh wow. Yep. Okay. But I mean, I, so like you were talking about, I, I think the the glaring example, it's almost like glaring, like it, it's a bummer what he went through, but Monkey Moon. Monkey Moon, we all watched, like everybody was curious, like what is going on with him? And then yep. kudos to him, he came out and said what was going on. He had no, there was no part of him that had to do that. Uh, but yep. once I saw that information come out, once Buck and I had seen that information, it was like, okay, this makes sense now. Like the, yep. he hasn't been able to focus. No. Yep. So exactly. And, and that's like, that's some of the stuff that I've dealt with too. Like there, I had a player that his parents were going through it and I had to specifically address that because that was something that he finally brought to that. He would have only brought to a session with me. Like he wasn't going to say it to the coach. He wasn't going to say it to his teammates. He brought it to a session with me and he said, I'm struggling right now because this is happening right now in my life. And we were able to talk about it, address it, give him actionable steps for him to do to give him like a better peace of mind and ability to focus. And on top of that, just like being able to be a shelf for somebody to be like, you're going through a lot right now. Not so much that you can't show up and play scrims. So let's find a way to like take this thing and put it on the shelf and we'll address it as soon as scrims are over. And sometimes that's what I do for And that's, that's where being a counseling psychologist, like, like all my therapy, my, my practicum hours at, at student, um, student counseling, psychology, uh, like facilities, like those, that's when the therapy comes out and I have to do a little bit of therapy for people. I wish so badly that I spoke French and that I could have helped Monkey Moon go through what he was going through. Yeah. Um, and I hope that he's found somebody because I know that BDS did not have somebody like me within their org. But um, yeah, that's you ask, like, do you have peers bucket? And I'll say again, like the counseling side, like when when therapy comes into play to mess with the mental, like having just a peer sports psychologist isn't going to cut it sometimes. Um you need somebody that can address that. And that's where even like my, me being in my fifth year of a counseling program is really, really helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're going to, you're continuing your education to further along, not only what you're doing, but what these kids are going to be able to do. I call them yeah. all kids. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I feel so old sometimes talking about uh, athletes that are half yeah. age or even, even less, but they're again they're they're expected to play and perform as adults even in the yep. crl level which is really really cool and really really crazy at the same time just to think back of what i was doing at that age which was yeah messing about most of the time i was just getting in trouble <laughs> <laughs> same yeah same yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild just to think about how far some of this stuff has come and we see like you mentioned you were up on the stage uh, ready, like with these kids, with these athletes doing it. And we see there's always a coach with these guys 
What would you say is the main difference? And should there be two? Should there be a strategist type of coach for the game and a mental coach at the same time? Should there just be one? Should someone do a lot of things? Like, what is the perfect scenario for these teams, according to what you think? Um, I think having two would be really helpful. Uh, I think you've got your best case scenario coach and your worst case scenario coach. Um, someone that is more on the analyst side and seeing what's really working and just like positive adjustments to make and somebody that understands negative tendencies and when people might be slumping um, because of the scoreboard or slumping because uh, their hardware has given them trouble all day and you know, their, their controller has a little bit of stick drift and, you know, like, like someone that's there for the mental um, side of things. I think that there, there are plenty of coaches that are good enough on keeping the energy good and positive. Uh, Moist talked about it a lot with Noah, you know, like, and, and Nick, like kind of like the difference between Nick and Noah, like Nick was like, this hardcore analyst that came in and was like, no, like I coach rocket league and like these things are happening and we need to fix these things or these things are happening and they're good things. And that was great at a, at a certain time, but then they had to completely move on from Nick and go to Noah because they just wanted someone to provide positivity and a good, like healthier energy around the team um, I'm saying energy, not because I actually coach in that aspect, but more so because like, I don't want to say that like Noah, like Noah would never claim to be like a mental coach. Like he's right. just a coach that kind of like airs more on that side of things. Um, but think about what it could have been like for Moist had they had both the whole time, um, where they were able to get the brilliance of Nick's brain and for them to say like, Hey, we'd like it if you dialed down a little bit and if we could dial up, Noah a little bit. And that's actually, sorry, doggo needs to go outside. That's actually um, <laughs> good. what we were doing at pioneers between threes and myself. Um, it was just that he was the guy that would uh, go out on stage um, once we had the two of us. But uh, the last person that they talked to and the first person they talked to when they were done was me. Um, and when we called timeouts, uh, Chris oftentimes knew that like he was going to have a segment in which he was working with me, uh, like, like working from my angle, like representing my ideas and a segment where he addressed rocket league. Um, so well, I, I almost feel like it, like what you're describing right there is like almost the difference between a college level basketball coach and an NBA level basketball coach. Cause yeah. you get up to the NBA I don't need you. LeBron James, Reggie Miller, Dwayne Wade, they don't need you to tell them how you to play. You Reggie Miller. That's that, hilarious. <laughs> I, see you sneak, I see you sneak that in, Indiana boy. Uh, I, I should I should have said Larry Bird if we're going to be honest. So. <laughs> true, but, true. You should have. Uh, yeah, I messed that one up. But if you're going to, like, th that's where the difference is. Because college, there's a lot of players that are still learning how to play, and there's yep. There's a good percentage of them that are not going to make it to that next level. And the guys that do, guys or gals that make it to that next level, that yeah, you, you don't you don't need to teach them the basics. They should know the basics. So you're looking for that person that is just making sure, hey, are we all on the same page here? Or yep. are you guys in yep. different places? Yep. 
Exactly. And that's, that's kind of like exactly why I think that like having two coaches would be really beneficial because the, the reality is that like you need different things at different times for different reasons. And having, I think like someone err on the side of mental and having someone err on the side of tactical, if you think about those pillars, right? Like we talked about, there's kind of like three pillars, like the players are responsible for their, their technical, their, their mechs. The coach is responsible for the tactics, like their rotations and how they deliver pressure um, on the pitch, how they get out of defensive scenarios. Um, and then you've got this third pillar here, which no one is really addressing. Like the coach is kind of addressing it. The players are like kind of addressing it, but no better than they would without like no better than they would the tactical stuff without a coach. Like you see coachless teams come in and they call a timeout and they're like, we just need better shooting. You know, like there's not necessarily always like a lot of like tactical things being said. It's more so just like, let's try and like keep up the vibes a little bit. Like it's a little bit of mental, a little bit of tactical. And then they get out of the timeout and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I mean, the, st the statistics show the timeout works very well for everybody. Yes, yes, for sure. Especially with the teams with the coach. Um, but yeah, like having that third, having that third pillar, like having somebody there that's like, no, like players, you're responsible for your mechs. This guy is responsible for the tactics and this guy is responsible for keeping everybody on the same page mentally and making sure that anything that comes from outside our little bubble is being deflected. That, that right there is a complete team. Right. I, I would agree a hundred percent. I, yeah, it's so we, like we had mentioned this before talking about it over the past year and in Papa Rizzo shared some thoughts with us and how, you know, none of the players, like when Dylan was coming up, they didn't have any of this. And it's just now slowly kind of sort of becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering what, what do you feel is the next step for an org to like really like orgs to really take this on? What's stopping them? What's stopping them is first off money. Esports is in a bad money spot right now. Same reason why I was let go from pioneers. They same reason why they got rid of car ball, women's car ball. Same reason why they got rid of threes. Yeah. Hopefully um, it's not tied into SVB or any of these other regional banks. Cause this could be bad for the yeah, next year. Yeah. <laughs> for real. No, esports as a whole is not doing well. And I think a lot of them look at someone like me as like, Expendable. an addition well they look at it as an addition and really what i do is multiply the pieces that you already have so what orgs need to do is to bring on somebody like me not for one team because then you essentially are just hiring a mental coach for one team you should bring on a director of performance that is going to be your first line assistant coach for all of your teams, maximize the money that you that you give them and multiply the money that you give everybody else. So a good example would be like, like, okay, every every one of our Rocket League players is making six k per month. Okay, well, what if we paid this dude? Oh, and all of our uh, Halo players are making five k per month. 
well, what if we bumped everybody's salaries up by 1K, but it all went to this one dude who makes sure that they maximize that 6K? Like, like what would it be like to for $1,000 a player per month to maximize their ability to be in on their game and play to the best of their abilities and not have to worry about all the pressure that comes with going to a LAN or qualifying for a LAN or winning a game. And, like, you have somebody that is there in the org making sure that everybody is performing even on a corporate level to the best of their abilities that is how you begin to incorporate people like me because you're not getting as much value as you could by just saying like ah oh, like they're like a like a nice little added piece to our rocket league team like no you should you should be maximizing how much you can get out of them and maximize how much you can get out of all the people that you're already pouring resources into. Oof. So what's next? I mean, what is going to continue driving this force for flow to these orgs if there's no... I know money's always going to be an issue for anything. I yeah. know in the startup world, in the corporate world, we're seeing it, the fallout all over in everything. But the fact remains that esports is going to be around for the long haul. It just is. It will be. And I know you got to step and get something done here. No, That's no. All right. It's just my dog. It's just my but, dog. But uh, <laughs> no, you're okay. I'm used, listen, I have kids. I'm used to people walking away from me when I'm trying to have a conversation. Uh, so, so I don't feel bad whatsoever. But uh, honestly, there's, there's so many things that you can't control. What are the things that you can control that are going to help kind of catapult um these things going forward for you i mean this is important i think this is important i think people who listen to this podcast or people who follow you or get to know what's going on behind the scenes is going to realize how important it is especially i'll drive this point home again these are kids yeah they are mm -hmm. i mean so the the first the first thing that i need to do so let's let's like, let's talk about kind of like how I do it with my teams. Like, what's the overarching goal? Like, we want orgs to have somebody responsible for the mental well-being and execution of their personnel, right? Like, we would like everybody to have a in-org mental performance coach, an in-org therapist, all of those things. Great, great. Sounds, sounds good. Okay, so let's let's break that down a little bit. Let's do let's do the work that I do. Do you understand the work that I do? Is the first thing that orgs need to know. And for them to understand the work the work that I do, I need to be able to iterate the work that I do. I need to be able to talk about the work that I do. I need to be able to demonstrate it just like I've been doing today. And then the next step below that is that I need to do good work. So it starts with me. That's what my actionable plan is, is I need to do good work. That way, when I then explain what I bring to a team, I can explain that as a, this is what I, this is what I bring. And the org goes, oh, we understand. I say, and I can do this for all of your teams. And they go, oh, that sounds very nice. And then people like me get hired into director performance roles. Um, and then the field of esports psychology as a whole raises because a tweet from 
org XYZ said, hey, welcome to XYZ. This person that does really good work and people ask about it and people like Kay Froster in the chat saying, I'm looking to pursue esports psychology. Like that's that's how you get it to be this like standardized thing. And it And it really starts with me making sure that I show up to work and do good work every day. I mean, you explain it really well. Yeah, it starts with you right now and being able to do it. Yeah. I guess my my question that is like you talk about being uh, representing like all their teams. What do you feel like is your max number of people that you can connect with at a time and be able to deliver the same the same quality to each person? I haven't hit that max yet, so I don't know what Fair it enough. is. <laughs> um, holy man, I love the work that I do. Like like inject it into my veins. If I never played another video game again, and the only thing that I did was just like work with a Rocket League team, work with an Apex team, work with a Rainbow Six team, work with a Super Smash Bros player, Valorant team, like I'm, I'm loving life. Like I am loving life. So I don't know what that max number is because I haven't hit it yet. In terms of my practicum rotations in earning my uh, counseling doctorate, I know that that number caps out at about nine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that that number is a little bit lower, um, but I have had nine athletes all at one time um, before, and I didn't feel like I was anywhere even close to my max. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I knew the answer for you, but... Uh, Bring bring them on, man! Like I I absolutely love it. He love it, love says, it. "Bring them on." We yeah. I, I I want I want everybody. Just just come here. Let let me talk to you. <laughs> yep, bring them on. Bring them on, man. That's perfect. You know, that 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 brings me to. I know we this is Rocket League focused podcast, but we try to make parallels to a lot of other sports, physical. Um, sometimes with the format of RLCS, we try to figure out should there be a different format based mm. off of the other esports that are going on, the ones that are thriving mm. or barely surviving, and and how that works. Like, do you have to get to know that sport in order to talk about it, or is your job and what you do in the mental side like not not really matter with that, dude? If you're gonna get trust and respect of the players that you're about to work with you better know their esport inside and out like you you have to know it you have to know it you don't have to play it and you don't have to play it to a professional level like you don't have to know how to press the buttons but you better understand the format of what you're getting into you better understand the tasks that are being asked of the players you better understand the like I said, all of my work is language. You better understand the lingo. Like, if you don't understand that stuff, then you are a complete waste of space. Like, like if if you don't understand when a player comes to you, like let let's say we're talking about Rocket League. Let's let's say like okay, um, this person really bothers me because when they go to grab boost it they are taking too long on the rotation and they're not rotating back posts like what we've talked about they're more so rotating through for demos and when they rotate through for demos it makes everything in front of me a lot harder to understand what's happening 
and my mechs fall out and I'm not able to read the ball as well. Like, like there are so many things that we just said that are like Rocket League specific lingo. And I don't want any of my players to come on and be like, okay, so there's this thing called rotations and there's these things called boost pads and <laughs> there's this thing called back post rotation. Like, no, I'm like, I Explain should not it to be me like, I'm five. Like, yeah, like you that's, don't want that conversation. Yeah. And that's why, like I said, like the director of Olympics for this country said, you're a better expert at this job because like the lingo is so important. Like you have to understand the language. So yeah, you, you can't just come in and be like, oh, I've heard of League of Legends. Like, let me work with your League of Legends team. Like, no, dude, get out of here. All, the only thing you're gonna do is you're gonna waste that org's money and you're gonna make a bad name for all the other esports psychologists that were ready to jump into League of Legends right then and there. How many times do you think that's happened? That, that exact of, scenario. Dude, the amount of players that when I ask have you worked with a sports psych before? All the ones that are like top level, they have all said yes. And when I ask what the topics are, they are like, they wanted to talk to me about sleep and diet. And they didn't like that I went to bed at 4 a.m. and woke up at 11 a.m. And <laughs> if that's what you're gonna do here with me, like we're gonna, we're gonna have issues. And the first thing I'm like is like, sounds like you're getting enough sleep to me, man. Yeah, that's I'm enough time. I mean, time you go to bed. there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Go out and get some sun every so often. I mean, please do so. But I'm, uh, I'm already over it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm, I'm not like, going to dwell on that. Right, but the, but when you come in and you don't understand the format and the lingo, like you, you can only talk about the general stuff. Like, how do you, how do you talk about consistency with a top level player if you don't understand what consistency means? Like, what are the component parts to consistency in Rocket League? Uh, pro probably shooting, probably recovery mechanics, probably like timing on the field and oh. feel and orientation. And like, 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 there are so many things that come into it, and almost like at least half of them, but almost all of them are Rocket League specific. Yeah, for me, and, it's just trying to hit the ball. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And that, and, that, and that is why someone that's not a pro can come into a session with a regular sports psychologist and be like, I do this thing. It's called Rocket League. It's just a hobby, but this, these are my issues. That's how I worked with a golfer that had the yips. Like, uh, this golfer had the yips. He was a former alcoholic, and he was like, I don't have any repercussions of my alcoholism except for I tremble when I'm on a putting green. Did and you I work can't... with Tiger Woods? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Um, well, that was cocaine. Yeah, if it was Tiger Woods. That was cocaine, not Blink, alcohol. It was, Blink one it, was another, it was another PGA Tour guy, but the NDAs and the PGA level, are, they're just crazy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure. No, no, no professional golfers, but, um, a, a professional senior golfer, um, was definitely one of them. And that was a really fun, really, really fun session. Um, yeah. Anyway. So like, like I didn't have to understand all the ins and outs of golf because this was a thing that was a hobby thing for him. And he was able to articulate like what this thing was that was like detracting from his hobby. 
But when you're working with a professional, like there are so many layers to what's going on. And like you fall a stroke behind, like you don't score a goal in Rocket League at the right time. Like that could be the end of a series and that series could be the end of a run and that run could be the end of an entire roster and that end of the roster could be the end of an entire organization in the world of Rocket League. Like that's how big one goal can be. And there are layers that you have to be able to address. And if you're not able to, then you need to get out. Like you, if you're an esports guy, like do not touch Rocket League if you don't know Rocket League. <laughs> no, that makes complete sense. Yeah, like yeah. it Wow. Well, we've unpacked a lot tonight. And I feel like you have yeah. much more to even say, which I can't wait to talk to you another time as well, but I think we're gonna start wrapping it up, Prof. Before Sounds we good. go, holy moly, it's been uh, what <laughs> 90, 120 minutes. It Here, has here's been. Here's the thing. Let me. Let me. Yeah. Let what me do you got, Bucket? Real quick. I'm so, so sorry, everyone that's watching. No, no. no, no we no. everybody loves hearing this stuff. This is what the scene's not getting. This is what Bucket and I. Yeah. This is why we started doing this. Yeah. I have so many places and corners of the Rocket League community that we're trying to reach out to and figure out. What do we not know that we should know? And how is that going to help everyone going forward? And we've done things with other regions and, and coaches at a physical, like a actual strategic level. And this is one of those things that's really super exciting for me. But because I actually experienced something that you were talking about in baseball. They also call it the yips. yips yep. In college, I, I was a pitcher. I could not throw strikes for a while. And yep. they hooked me up with the school's psychologist essentially. And I went through a little psychological training program with them and all this stuff. But that was what 2000 and let's not date ourselves. You're super old. It's okay. 18 years ago. And (laughs) yeah, you said 2000 and (laughs) all we needed to know. Cause you don't use the word and (laughs) after 2000, if it starts with anything beyond 10, it's 2010. And you said the word and the 1900s. Oh yeah. God, these kids are killing me with that. But I bet the things have come a long way from the like thinking and the knowledge base and all this stuff. So I certainly want to get more information from you if we can have you back sometime or whatever, like there's a lot more to unpack and we'll be able to kind of do a part two, but also a shout out um, to the guy who hooked us up. I don't know if you know him, but mental coach spooky. He's the one that kind of hooked us up. He, he followed our, our tweets last week and kind of said, Hey, these guys are looking for something cool and and hooked us up with you. So if you want to shout out anyone, I'm sure that's what Hoosier's trying to get to or allude to like, give us, everything you want to say about what you're doing or what's going on with you, where people can find you and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, for sure. Shout out, shout out to spooky for the hookup. Um, he is a, um, young up and coming guy. That's really interested in doing what I do in this space. Um, he's certainly working on a different like level than the professional level. So the work that he and I do are different for sure. But, um, he's, He's been uh, such a great hype man on Twitter, and I love love that dude for it. Um, and yeah, him being a hype man is what ended up connecting us. So Spooky definitely deserves um, a shout out from me. Um, 
in terms of other people, uh, like just shout out to anybody that made it to listening even to like 30 minutes of this. Um, I could rant and talk about these things forever. Uh, so shout out to the listeners. Um, obviously Papa Rizzo, uh, deserves a, a big shout out as well for being here. Um, my problems are the equivalent of about nine. So that's a full load right there. Great, <laughs> great message by the way. Um, no, uh, I, I think the other person I'd give a uh, shout out to is um, this sounds sounds super super corny, but uh, my wife she puts up with a lot. Like when <laughs> when she when her and I were dating uh, when I was in my master's program, we almost broke up because of the amount of video games that I was playing, and she was like, "Video games is not going to be your life, and I will not be your life if you." continue to ignore me through playing video games so uh most people would put the controller down i decided how do i make money out how of do this? i double down on this and go psych yeah. gotcha yeah now what do you so, have to say about video games yeah paid exactly for, paid for that that uh that new tv you wanted exactly hey man my my pc is a tax write-off now baby like <laughs> god that's so, a level i gotta get to yep yep Jeez. so uh no that's uh that's really like who deserves the biggest shout out um the patience to to deal with a dude who plays as much games as I do and spend as much time down in our dungeon as me like that certainly deserves a a big shout out so yeah shouts out to my wife for sure and she just created a life like less than three months ago so I I think we all agree with our wives on that one they are uh, yeah. they they are top notch we we definitely appreciate yeah. them. For that reason, uh, and with the month it is, let's just do a general shout out to all women, whether <laughs> there you go. or not. Like you guys put up with a lot of our <laughs> shit. So yes, huge appreciation. Very true. Well, we're gonna let yes. you get out of here, Prof. You you got dad duty tonight, and we want to make I sure do. you get all that that good sleep. Yeah, please follow me on Twitter. Um, that's the best place to reach me. That's how these guys reached me. Um, so um, I'm on Twitter at Prof Sport Psych. Um, and yeah, follow me there. Feel free to send me a DM if you've got questions. Um, if I can't help you, I typically know the direction to point you in. Uh, so, uh, yeah, feel, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Definitely give me a follow. Um, if you're interested in hearing more about this sort of stuff, um, and you know, as more content and stuff comes out, that'll be, uh, the place that you'll know about it. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us. We will definitely have him back. Don't you worry, everybody. Uh, but yeah, we will let you get out of here. Thanks again, Prof. We appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks, man. All right. Bucket. Wow. Um, That guy's a lot smarter than I am. Yeah, it was pretty obvious the first moment that we spoke with him before we kind of got a little green room going just to chat with him and make sure our first interaction was it with them on live. And I'm glad we did because that put me in the headspace. All right. These questions got to be pretty good. Well, we ensure that he's, (laughs) that we can ask fulfilling questions for him. Right. We can't just come in here and be like, which, what do you know about rocket league? Well, and the thing like you all didn't hear or see it. The thing we talked, like the first thing that got brought up was because we were talking about time and he brought up how, Oh, well, what if the whole world just went on the same, like, was the same time? Like, it's 9 p.m. Whether the sun's up or sun's down, is like, well, 
that's a wild idea. Why, why didn't I think of that? Um, that's so yes. Glad we got to talk to him beforehand because that it did put us our, our mind into the right space. Um, Probably the biggest news to wrap up on. And I'm curious. There's other news out there? Oh, there is. Uh, Rumor mill on the streets is that Beast Mode and Daniel are going to try and team up. And right now, Shift is reporting that the rumor is Torment would be getting the boot. Which is wild because I just saw a V1 <laughs> video telling me about settings that Torment has on Facebook Reels yesterday, and it was brand new video. So they always have this. Again, their org is top notch. We can't say enough good things about. We love them. V1. We have ever since we've met them and talked to them and gotten interacted with anybody from there it has just been genuine and real, and they're always at the forefront of trying to keep fans involved and give information out, but that's a pretty wild rumor going around Beast Mode and Daniel possibly 2v1 for Torment could shake up the entire roster, Rocket League roster dynamic that we know it today. Yeah, because the question would then would become like there, so the report is that V1 in talks with Space Station over Daniel to replace Torment. But I even go further than that and wonder, would they even, like, they tried to trade Com. They were going to let him go. Would they even keep him? Or just go look for a third as well? Somebody that they feel... I, it's, I, I wanted to make sure we brought it up before we got out of here today because... I saw like tidbits leading up to the end of the in, end of uh, winter here where people are talking about that. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way Daniel and Beast Mode are going to be able to go team up. Like they have to be locked. Like they're, they're locked into contracts. But if people are saying there's a chance, it's. It would be a wild situation that it goes from Calm was the one that was going to be booted to now it's Torment that ends up getting the boot. Wild times in V1. Yeah, that's... Stay tuned for that. because I'm going to try to keep an eye on that as much as possible and see where that leads. But that is potentially region-breaking, if not spring major-breaking news. Oh, uh, Prof making a good point. They wouldn't. They wouldn't change two thirds of the roster because of points. Duh. Yeah, totally. There you go. I didn't even hear you say that because I still have alerts on somewhere, and they are in my ear. I know. Prof I'm laughing. So er, er, follow, bucket Prof. bucket messages me on the side and goes, "Do you have alerts on? They're loud as hell." And I was like, "No, I don't have any alerts on." They're like, in my dude. Own, dude. I'm all over the place today. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. All right. I did just get done with a full week of all three kids and and dad by ourselves. So Sunday night, Laura got home from her work trip, and that was one time that I handed her all three kids and ran outside and, and slept on the grass, basically. You went and touched grass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going. All right, well, we're going to get so, out of here. Bucket, you got anything before yeah. we go? No, what a great... Li listen, if you joined us late or in the middle, 
go back and check out that VOD. But not only that, I did bring some news out at the beginning. As you can see, we got some new overlays. We've got uh, all new logo. We've got merchandise possibly coming out soon. This is a, an alpha version of it that Hoosier's wearing right now. Um, I got a website on the on the up and coming that is going to feed into an RSS feed that I'm going to send all of our VODs to audio format and get them going. But this is going to be the first one for that. So Spotify is going to be the first place we put it. I'll get you guys the link uh, everywhere that I can. Promote it on Channel 3 if Joel lets me. Promote it on uh, <laughs> DVG, the TDG stuff. Like wherever they'll allow me to post other places, I'll try to get you that. Because a lot of people ask us, how can we listen to this on the on the fly? I don't have time on Monday nights. I got X, Y, and Z going on. So we're trying to uh, evolve our stuff so that we can get this cool information out there as much as possible. And I learned so much today from Prof, and I'm hoping that he's going to be able to take this information and the questions we ask, and we're going to be able to help him out in some way. So go follow him on Twitter, um, like we mentioned. And it's just going to be a lot of cool stuff. We got all kinds of stuff coming out this year. Listen, we're putting in the work. We did we did the easy part, and we, we sat around for a whole year and said, if we do this for one year, we know we've got something every single week. And some of you guys showed up for that whole year. Some of you guys watched the VOD. Some of you guys check in with us. Some of you guys raid off to us. We can't be more appreciative. But we're, we, we were on a little trajectory going up, so we're trying to hit the gas now. And we're going to see where we can fly. So uh, stay tuned. I don't perfect. know if that was good enough for you. Yep. That was the best sign-off I think I've ever had. It's perfect. Love you all. Have a good one. Uh, before we go, who is even on right now? Uh, uh, everybody in chat, who you got? Who you yeesh. got? Full send. Night, Wonka. Well, it's good morning for Wonka. You got Shiz over there who's been hooking us up with uh, some people. Yep. Shiz is... Shout out to Shiz, too. I've been chatting with him. He's a new content creator for Orion Esports. Go check them out. He, uh, he's been helping me out trying to get more guests for the next few weeks. We got a lot of time to fill before majors and then the split and then world. So we're trying to get interviews. We're trying to get guests and Shiz is in the, in the stuff, in the weeds with us. So let's get it off to Shiz. Really appreciate this guy. And a lot of you from DVG will go appreciate him. Obviously tell him that DVG is the place, but uh, Bucket and Hoosier, give them that. We'll, we'll also get emotes too coming. Boom. Love you guys. Night. Yeah. Oh man fun stuff no fun thank you that that was fantastic heck yeah